0: God damn, I could still keep going. I probably need to clean my bong if this is the case. <sighs> All right, hello everyone. Welcome to the High Wrestling Podcast. Um, I do have some sad news because this is unfortunately the last episode of twenty twenty two. I had plans to get another episode out before I (coughs) went (coughs) off. It doesn't help that I've been congested the past few days, which thankfully isn't COVID, but I've just built up some phlegm and mucus here. But yeah, no, I had intentions to get another episode out Before Christmas and New Year's. But. Life didn't go as planned. And I'm not saying that in a bad way. It's just. I make plans. And agree to things. And. Lose track of time. Of how these things happen. So. Monday. Was my initial day. I was going to sit down and record. But I had something at a friend's house. And then. Past two days. I've been tired as fuck, or in the case of last night, congested as fuck. Like, I woke up at 1am, because I couldn't breathe, immediately took a COVID test, because I was drinking Gatorade and it didn't taste like anything, so I immediately started panicking. And I told my best friend this, but I wasn't panicking at the fact that I could have potentially had COVID, but thankfully I didn't knock on wood, um, I was more stressed about the fact that I had just recovered from food poisoning not that long ago. So, to end up with COVID right after food poisoning, I had a lot of anxiety in that moment. But, nope, I just smoke too much. That's that's the fucking problem. Which, for my fellow smokers, please invest in muleen, whether it's the tea or the tablets it'll save your fucking lungs because I took a chest decongestant and mulean and the mulean did more than the fucking chest decongestant so my peeps my peeps I would look into mulean for my peeps that smoke cuz your lungs will fucking thank you that wasn't sponsored that's just, I take that shit every day, which is why I'm able to be as high as I am all the time. You know, so, there's that. Um Yeah, another event that happened, I went to a concert on Saturday, and I ended up not staying at my house after the concert. I stayed at my mom's, so... Each day that I had intended to sit down and record the podcast, something happened. I went to see Ramirez, which not a lot of people may know who he is. Like, you'll probably really know who he is if you listen to either Suicide Boys or you're from the Bay Area, like myself. Two of those things that I do. Or two of those things. I I do both of those things. God damn, I can't talk. Um, but yeah, it was a fucking lit-ass concert. I only went to three concerts this year. I would definitely... They're all ranked pretty high because, honestly, those were my first three concerts since we came out of the pandemic. So all of them, I'm biased and gonna rank high because past two years, we can go out and do shit. But, honestly, I think it was one of my favorite concerts, and I say that about every concert I go to, but that was honestly, honest to God, one of my favorite concert experiences because, dude came out to the Undertaker's gongs, first of all. If you followed me, if you follow me on Instagram, I posted that on my story, but Dude came out to Undertaker's gongs. It was fucking lit. I was like, no way. And then, like, between songs, he played Turnstile. Which, two for three. Two out of three. Three for three is when he ended the show playing Bodies by Drowning Pool. So, like, if you ever get the chance to see Ramirez, definitely recommend. His shows are very fucking fun. He literally brought some dude on stage. He he was uh it was. The song was one hundred bars. A hundred bars and gunnin. He literally asked the crowd, "Is there someone that can rap this word for word with me?" And Brought some random dude in the crowd on stage, and he fucking killed it. I have, like, videos of that, too. But, yeah, no, that was, like, one of, one of the best ways to end the year, in my opinion, and... God, I don't know how to, like, rank the shows that I went to this year, because the first concert I went to was Ali and AJ, and for majority of listeners they're not gonna, you're not gonna understand the connection I have to Ali and AJ. But the too long didn't read version, I grew up an introvert. And I was glued to the Disney Channel. So they were one of my favorite things about Disney Channel growing up. And so at 25, if I have the opportunity to see them live, when I didn't get the opportunity to see them as a child, and didn't really grasp the concept of concerts at that time. Of course I'm going to take fucking advantage of it. You know? So. Saw Ali and AJ first this year. Then I saw Wallows. And it was very trippy. Because. For those who don't know. One of the lead singers of Wallows is an actor, and if you've seen 13 Reasons Why, Goosebumps from 2015, and or Scream from this year, you know who I'm talking about. So for me to have seen Scream in theaters in January watching him die, Dylan Minnette for those who don't know who I'm talking about. To watch him get stabbed in the throat and scream in 2022, then go to his concert in April. That was kind of trippy. But also a very fun show. If I had to rank the concerts that I... If I had to rank the three, I would honestly say Ali and AJ number one, because the fact that I've even gotten to see Ali and AJ live, like that's... If I can equate that to something, if I can equate seeing Ali and AJ live to where it would make sense, it's like being at Wrestlemania watching Kevin Owens and Stone Cold, or watching Shawn Michaels and Ric Flair. I believe that was Wrestlemania. It could have been SummerSlam as well, too. Like, watching Brock Lesnar Break The Undertaker's streak. Like, being in person for that. Like, the most iconic wrestling moment you could think of, being in person for that, that is how I felt seeing Allie and AJ this year. So I would rank that number one out of all experiences. Ramirez would be number two, simply because it was just straight vibes. Wallows, I would rank number three because... I felt way too old for the fan base that was there. Like, the demographic that was there, I felt super fucking old. So, I was very uncomfortable. But yeah. Oh, I wanted to also put out there that during the break, I do plan to work more on the YouTube and more of the subscription episodes. Um, the break is really just going to be for, from the weekly recaps. I probably won't do another weekly recap until next year because now that I've figured out all these fun editing tricks, I want to focus more on YouTube content, so I'll probably have time to do that when I'm not scrambling to watch everything during the week Um. because I even still have impact in my DVR because I heard that I initially recorded impact because I wanted to see Heath Slater and Rhino versus Motor City Machine Guns but then I heard that Josh Alexander versus Speedball Mike Bailey went off. As well too, so I have those two matches in my DVR to look forward to. Plus, there was something else. I think I still had to watch Rampage because I wanted to watch John Moxley versus Takeshita. I didn't get around to watching those, but you'll probably get my review at some point. Oh my god, I just thought of another- I keep forgetting that this is also a horror podcast as well, too, because I've just been slacking on binging everything. Also, while we're on the horror and the spooky shit, I I have two more episodes left in Wednesday. Before I get into Wednesday, I had to take a quick pause because I just received a package in the mail from my aunt. And that package was a batch of weed brownies. Merry fucking Christmas to everybody. Like, what the f- I- Merry fucking Christmas. And a Happy New Year. But, um... Yeah, no, I have two more episodes left in Wednesday. As apprehensive as I was, episode four kind of changed things for me. So I'm kind of eager to finish out the show and see where it takes me, see what journey we're going on. But um definitely, like I was saying during the break... I'm going to focus more on YouTube content and what I was about to say was that um I'm probably going to do some horror movie rankings too on the YouTube channel because this is a wrestling and horror podcast but I've just been I've just been so I've either been busy or tired that I haven't really I save watching everything for the weekend. And half the time I end up just laying in the bed on my phone until 3 p.m. anyway. And then I get up and watch everything. So, yeah. But there will be... I probably won't put out the ranking 2022 horror movies until I watch Pearl and Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Like, I already watched the... I think I said this already, but I watched the dead meat kill count on Bodies, 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 and it just made me want to watch the movie even more. So... And then there's Pearl. And I don't know which movie I want to watch first, because... The dead meat kill count of Bodies, Bodies, Bodies made me want to watch the movie even more than I already do, but I came across this TikTok where this woman just perfectly reviewed Pearl and made it made, s- made it make sense in a very satirical way, and I'm just like, damn, maybe I do have to see it. So... We'll see where the wind takes us. This might be a This might be a weekend project. Definitely might be a weekend project. But as soon as I watch Pearl and Bodies Bodies Bodies, I don't care, I will put out a YouTube video ranking horror movies of 2022. And the YouTube video that I filmed is ranking WWE returns in 2022. Because I wanted to do just returns that Triple H brought back. But it didn't feel like enough. There wasn't enough on the list, so I just did like all of the WWE returns in 2022. So, once I edit that together it'll be up which will probably also be a weekend project I'm gonna save one day for watching everything and one day for just editing so definitely look out for that and I just wanted to put out a disclaimer just in case I forget in the video because I was high while I did it so I probably forgot to put out disclaimers and whatnot but I did not include John Cena's and or Edge's returns in that video because one I feel like John Cena and Edge's returns deserve their own like separate ranking videos first of all second of all John Cena has shown up twice this year. Like, the 20 years of John Cena, or 10 years of John Cena, whatever anniversary John Cena had, happened this year. And he's gonna be on the last SmackDown of 2022. So, it makes no sense to include him. Plus, can rank all of his returns in a separate video. So, Edge and John Cena are discluded or excluded from that video for that reason. But I do have some other videos planned that I don't want to spill too many beans on. But yeah, the first video whenever I get it, it get it all edited together is ranking WWE returns in 2022. Then I will rank horror movie the best like rank my favorite horror movies of 2022 and I also had a third idea that'll kind of correspond with the subscription episodes. So if you're not subscribed, you can still participate in the NXT rewatch because I'm thinking that after every takeover, I'll rank the matches as well too. So the three videos to look out for on the YouTube are ranking WWE returns in 2022, Ranking my favorite horror movies in 2022. And ranking the NXT Arrival matches. Because so far, I've only seen NXT Arrival. I will do... During the break, I do plan to record that NXT TakeOver. The very first NXT TakeOver episode. Which is part of why I wanted to take the break in the first place. Not just because it's the holidays, but I feel like... Yeah, I feel like it just logically it made sense to kind of just take a break. Also, I really fucking hate being congested. I, it is... We take breathing out of both nostrils for granted. For real. But, um, let's really just get into everything. I feel like that was a solid spiel. So, I wanted to play how long will it take for the wee brownie to kick in because I already took a corner piece of it. So I feel like it won't take that long because, you know, you gotta say this edible ain't shit to activate it. But something I want to talk about that just pissed me the fuck off today is... How the fuck are you gonna fire Mandy Rose for the shit that you forced women in WWE to do in the 90s? Like, if WWE divas didn't do Playboy, they were fired. Like, if Lita didn't do that live sex celebration, she was. She would have lost her job. And. When a woman takes ownership or sees value in herself it just threatens men and it blows my mind like i'm probably gonna lose a lot of my audience for this but i don't give a fuck because it's just women don't owe men a goddamn thing that's it no ifs ands or buts about it like women cannot be nice to men Without them taking it the wrong way. If I'm nice to somebody, they automatically assume I want to sleep with them. And I'm just, no. I want to be nice and build a friendship. And it's the, that's the shit I was trying to explain when I put out that question and answer thing. Because I wanted wrestling-related questions, and then everybody just immediately started professing their love. And I'm just like, that's not how this works. Because it's like, women can enjoy things without impressing men or needing the attention of men. And I'm not even limiting it to just men, because there's women out there with internalized misogyny that do everything to impress a man, and we called these specific type of women pick-me's, unfortunately, but it's just, at the end of the day, the only person you need to impress is yourself, and it pisses me off that Mandy Rose has not only probably impressed herself, but impressed everybody else with her NXT run. And then you just want to pull the rug out from under her. All because she saw an opportunity that would benefit her. She took it and she ran with it. You know, so it's just... Not just her, but the whole Sasha Banks and Naomi walk out like... I've been on their side since they walked out because... I can understand, if you're not gonna pay me what I'm worth, I'm gonna go somewhere else. So everybody that's upset that Sasha wants to wrestle in Japan when she's probably getting paid more than she did when she was working in WWE, do you see a pattern here? Mandy Rose is getting paid more for her OnlyFans or Only Fans adjacent website, I don't even remember what the website was called, Mandy Rose is getting paid more she's getting paid more supplemental in she's getting paid more through her supplemental in- income Sasha Banks is getting paid more to wrestle in Japan than Chris Jericho did while he was wrestling in Japan Do you see the pattern here And then the fact that Mia Yim has to deactivate her Twitter account because men can't handle that a married woman can have friends of the opposite sex and still be loyal to her husband. Like, it's just, the way that there is no logic in anything I just said blows my fucking mind. It blows my mind. Because it's just like... Women literally can't breathe without being judged or criticized by men. And this is why I don't shut the fuck up about this shit, because you're going to hear me whether you like it or not. And I'm going to put it out here. I don't do this shit to impress men. I have been watching wrestling since I was in middle school. Even before that, when I would go to my cousin's house... They would watch SmackDown and Raw, and they would play the video games. They had the action figures. I have been surrounded by wrestling my entire life. And it has had nothing to do with impressing men or doing it for male attention. And I'm not saying I'm better than other women for doing that, but it's just... Podcast or not, nothing I do has ever been to impress a man. Just like nothing these women do. Like, nothing these women do, their main goal is probably not to impress a man. They do it because they want to do it. They do it because it makes them happy. And I don't know why that triggers so many boys. Because if if you're really men, you would understand why... Mia, Sasha, and Mandy, let alone every woman, not just wrestlers, but women in general, if you were really a man, you would understand why women are the way that they are. And if you can't understand that, that's your own fucking fault. You gotta deal with that internal shit yourself. And that also goes for the women. Because, like I said, not everything is to be done to impress a man you can do it for yourself it's just it's a concept that really blows my mind it's logic that we are all lacking and again i'm not saying that to say that i am like holier than thou or better than anybody but it's just that's how I was raised. That was my personal upbringing. That not everything is for male enjoyment. Like, you can do things for yourself. You can be independent. And that part of that is because I grew up an only child. So, I kind of know how to do things myself and live for myself. But, it's just... It confuses me still to this day, and then I also want to circle back to the q and a thing. I want to know why people thought I would really respond to those love confessions. I don't know any of you. Why would I specific especially because I don't know who sent those messages in, right? I don't know what you expected or what outcome you expected by sending those questions in. Of course I was going to ignore them, because if I say wrestling-related questions, that does not equate to expressing your love or expressing your affection. Because I express my love and affection for a lot of things. That doesn't mean that I have to, you know, that doesn't mean anything's going to come of it. And that's the moral of the story. Keep your expectations low. High expectations will get you hurt. Low expectations will get you through life. And that's that on that. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. So what I'm also meant by women... With internalized misogyny, it's just the women who are catty for like no reason and see other women as competition. It's just like it's not fair. It's, it's kind of weird too. But then, just the too long didn't read version of that is that doesn't matter if you're male, female, whatever you choose to identify as your upbringing, where you come from, sexual sexual orientation. It doesn't matter who you are. If you don't respect yourself, you're not going to respect anybody else. You're not going to respect your surroundings, and it's going to show in your actions. So you really got to pay attention to like you can't always like look at the surface level and brush it off. Like you got to look at the deeper meaning of things, because not to sound super conspiracy, but like, everything truly is not what it seems, and a lot of it, a lot of the shit that we read and feed into is bullshit at the end of the day. A lot of the shit is not gonna matter when we're all six feet underground, because we're all gonna die at the end of this, right? It's might as well make the most of life. Do what you gotta do get your work done and in the free time that you have enjoy life and I know that is like so far from the original point that I made but at the end of the day everything that we feed into whether, whether it's in the wrestling community or not it's bullshit it's fun to talk about but are we gonna remember this shit when we all die let's be real Make the most of life and have fun, but also handle your business so you don't have to handle it when it's too late, if you get what I'm saying. Okay, I need to change the settings of my fucking screensaver because every time I get ready to talk about something, the screensaver comes up and we need to fucking change that. I'm getting annoyed. 20 minutes did that save I hope it did okay cool like every five minutes it was fucking going to my screensaver I need my notes Um, I wanted to provide an update on all of the wrestling events that I'm going to. They're not bad updates. But. AEW Fresno is secured. Tickets secured, hotel secured. It's happening. I will be going to an AEW event for real this time. Third time's the charm, because I tried to go to the first LA show, and I was even gonna try and go to fucking Seattle. But Fresno, secured. Hotel down, ticket down, it's happening. I got my tickets for West Coast Pro, the Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge event. I will be there. New Japan Battle in the Valley is up in the air. Because I have time to make it happen, but it's just a matter of... We'll see. And last but not least a few episodes ago I mentioned that I was going to go to Dynamite in San Francisco however they announced Dynamite in Sacramento and if uh, if you are from the Bay Area or you understand what side of Fast Track I am on In regards to the Bay Area. If AEW announced a Sacramento show and I don't have to go to San Francisco if I don't need to, 2 plus 2 equals 4. I am not going to San Francisco if I don't need to because San Francisco is so unnecessary. It is so busy. It is so loud. As much as I want to go to Revolution at the Chase Center, I hate going to San Francisco unless I absolutely have to go to San Francisco. And I'm born and raised Bay Area. I can say that as a, someone bor- proud, born and raised Bay Area. If I, I'm not going to San Francisco if I don't have to. And yes, I would go to Fresno before I go to fucking San Francisco. I don't give a fuck. But yeah, New Japan Battle in the Valley is the only one I'm kind of like on the fence about. Because I can make it happen. But we shall see. We shall see. I did want to look up the results of NXT Deadline and Ring of Honor Final Battle. But first, I want to talk about fucking Roxanne Perez- winning the NXT Women's Championship, which made Mandy Rose's firing look a lot more sketchy than it was because it's like, okay, you have her drop the title and then the next day you announce that she's fired. That If that is not weird, I don't know what is. But not to discredit Roxanne Perez because... From the little bit of NXT that I watched this year. I think I watched her and Cora Jade at, um, wait, hold on, what NXT event was that? It wasn't Deadline, I don't think it was Stand and Deliver, it wasn't, no, I feel like it was the pay-per-view after Worlds Collide. It was definitely Cora Jade and Roxanne Perez. It was the one after... Oh, it was Halloween Havoc. Okay, I know. I did watch Halloween Havoc. So, I've been a fan of Roxanne Perez ever since. But I feel like just... I feel like what made that moment for me is the fact that Booker T trained her and he was on commentary for not only the Iron Survivor match, but her NXT title match that kind of made it better. But it also kind of cancels out the list that I made because I had like a list of a few people who I thought were ready for the main roster because Roxanne was first on that list. But now seeing her win the NXT title, she is not going to the main roster anytime soon. Um, am I gonna start watching NXT just for Roxanne Perez? Maybe. We'll see. But, like, I definitely, she's really good. She's really fucking good at what she does. That's all I have to say. But I had Carmelo Hayes, Corey Jade, and Braun Breaker on that list. I don't think Braun Breaker's going to the main roster anytime soon either. But, um, I feel like Corey Jade might. I feel like Carmelo Hayes could really fill the spot that Swerve had in Hit Row, but they probably won't. That was me recycling, sorry. But, um, NXT... Deadline. What happened there? I low key actually want to go back and rewatch it. Or not rewatch it. I didn't watch it. Why did I say rewatch it? I didn't watch it. I want to go back and watch it, because I just renewed my Peacock subscription, so it's not like I can't go back and watch this. So, definitely, will probably be live-tweeting a lot of the things that I'm watching during the break. I won't be talking about it in an episode, obviously, so expect a live-tweet of NXT Deadline. Or may No. I feel like it's. I was going to do like a live watch episode for subscribers, but now I might just live tweet it. But the thing about me when I'm high, because I watch a lot of wrestling while I'm high, I don't really remember to tweet every time something significant happens. So. Yeah. But, um. If I don't. Live tweeted. I might do a ranking video. We'll see. We'll see. I do everything high, so keep your expectations low on how quickly things will pop up. So. Low expectations will make this whole experience easier. So... does the Iron Survivor equate to oh, never mind my question was answered because I was going to ask does the Iron Survivor mean that they're going to get their championship opportunities and literally the aftermath section of the Wikipedia page says they'll get their respective Championship matches at New Year's Evil. I like that they are repurposing all the WWE, like Attitude Era or Ruthless Aggression Era pay per views for NXT. I love that, personally. But so far for that, so far from New Year's Evil, we got Braun Breaker versus Grayson Waller. And I feel like Grayson Waller might win just so. Braun can go to the main roster but he might also retain. I feel like that could go either way. It's so fucked up how the aftermath like the aftermath of NXT Deadline. It says the women's titles the women's title match was rescheduled for that subsequent episode, the December 13th episode of NXT where Perez defeated Rose to win the title for the first time, ending Rose's reign at 413 days, and Rose was later fired. That's a fucked up way to end that. To close out that sentence. And the fuck- the New Day going to NXT to beat Pretty Deadly, that's that's kinda wild. I do love that. And- if Big E doesn't return at the Royal Rumble, I would love to see him make a return and reunite with the New Day during an episode of NXT. Those are the only two acceptable ways for Big E to return. An episode of NXT or the Royal Rumble. Which, speaking of the Royal Rumble, if I had it my way, Karrion Cross would win the Royal Rumble. And Rhea Ripley would win... The Royal Rumble for their respective genders. Because they have the men's and the women's Royal Rumble. But realistically, I think it's going to be The Rock and Rhea Ripley because they want The Rock versus Roman Reigns at WrestleMania, which makes the most sense considering WrestleMania is in Hollywood. But also. You can't tell me that John Cena is not showing up on the final Raw of SmackDown to not announce himself as an entrant for the Royal Rumble. Mark my words. Mark my fucking words. I will put it on Twitter right now. I will put it on Twitter right now. And I will come back to that tweet on the final... On the final final SmackDown of... 2022. I will come back to that tweet. Why is the Batman trending? Is is there something new happening? Oh, they just said it was the best movie of 2022. I agree but Barbarian Okay, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Uh, The ADHD is kicking in. There are too many things happening at once. But I'm putting out the tweet right now. What if instead we get John Cena versus Roman Reigns at WrestleMania? Cause it's either The Rock or John Cena. Let's be let's be fucking for real. It's either Ro- the Rock or John Cena. Tweet sent. I'm in the middle of recording the episode, but tell me John Cena is not showing up on the last episode of 2022. To announce himself as an entrant in the Royal Rumble. I'm high, but I meant last, smackdown of 2022. Cause I swear to God, it's either it's either John Cena, or Roman Re- John Cena or The Rock versus Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. If not a triple threat, I feel like I said this already. Um, but Ghostface is trending on um, Twitter as well, too, and I am not gonna lie, I was very, very underwhelmed by the Scream 6 teaser, and I know it was just a teaser and not the full trailer, but I was very underwhelmed, and that's why I fucking hate teaser trailers. Because they're very underwhelming. They're so fucking underwhelming. So, until I see the full trailer, I will continue to use that Undertaker meme for anything regarding Scream 6. Let me rephrase that. Until I see Scream 6 myself, I'm gonna continue to be that Undertaker meme. Because as much as I trust the people who are handling Scream, I need more. Just like I need the trailer for fucking Evil Dead Rise. Where is it? Where is it? Hold on. Where is the trailer for Evil Dead Rise? Wait, no, that's a different... Okay, a third image from Evil Dead Rise has been released. That's not the trailer, though! Okay, listen. This is how stressed I was when they announced the Halloween remake, and there was no trailer yet. Like, I'm so fucking stressed. Where is the fucking trailer? Oh, it's coming out April 21st. I'll be 26th by the time that movie comes out. That's crazy. Oh, God, I'm going to be 26th. Oh, I should have never said that. I'm so stressed. Where's the trailer? I mean, I'm excited. Damn it! Where is the trailer? That that's just me saying where's the trailer while I'm reading about all of the Evil Dead Rise stuff. on bloody disgusting. I'm. I'm just being dramatic here. God, I can't wait for the day that trailer drops. Also, Saw 10? Jesus Christ. I was about to lie and say that I've never seen every Saw movie, but no. That's not true, because I didn't see Spiral. But I did see the one before that one, Saw 9. What was that? I barely remember it. Oh, Spiral was Saw 9. Jigsaw is the one I'm thinking of. Yeah, Jigsaw was the one I was thinking of. Not... Not Spiral, because I haven't seen Spiral. Spiral. But Saw 10. I'm very... Same same thing. Undertaker meme. Very Undertaker meme about what is... happening. Because, like... If they say that they're bringing... Tobin Bell back to reprise his role as Jigsaw, and if they're bringing Amanda back, it might be worth it, but how they do it is very crucial because you can say that you're bringing somebody back, but it's just how you do it. I'm catching up on bloody disgusting stuff. There's a Puppet Master video game coming out? What the fuck? Also, Angelo Bedlamenti passing away had to have been the worst thing that happened this week because Twin Peaks, one of my favorite shows of all time. The soundtrack to Twin Peaks, One of my favorite albums of all time. The Twin Peaks theme song fucking slaps. If you pay, like, really close attention, I styled the font of the logo to the podcast after Twin Peaks. Like, the font to everything you see regarding the podcast. That green font. And even the, the, like, yeah, no, the green font. Legit styled after... Twin Peaks. It is fucking. I'm s- still gutted. Like there's only been three celebrity deaths, including this guy and Angelo Badalamenti, that have really like gutted me and like devastated me. Mac Miller and MF Doom that was it was an Adult Swim horror movie what the fuck I fucking love Adult Swim because everything is just not what it seems with Adult Swim Oh yeah, Too Many Cooks was wild. But, um... Yeah, let's get back on track. Although I am excited for... How gory... Scream 6 intends to be. Because I hear it's going to be gory. And that pleases me because that's what I loved about Terrifier 2 was the gore. So we'll see. We'll see. But um No, let's let's get back on track cuz not only we're we talking NAC deadline, we're also talking Ring Ring of Honor final battle. But we have to start with what the fuck Cash Wheeler did so I don't remember I don't remember which Briscoe it was. Hold on, I will find it. I will find it. Where the fuck is my phone? Oh, it's right here in front of my face. I also have a bag of Doritos. That's that's definitely the crinkling you hear. I will go find it because I'm not going to sit up here and look stupid when I can go back and find it. I keep forgetting I'm connected to the speaker. Who who is that? It doesn't say which one it is. It was Jay. It was Jay Briscoe. Yeah, no, it was Damn. Yeah, no what Cash Wheeler did with Jay Briscoe with that fucking dog collar. First of all, what the fuck? What the fuck? And now I'm looking at the results on Wikipedia. damn, so Preston Vance really went to join La Faccion Ingonar I'm gonna butcher that if I try again. I wanna apologize cause I know the fuck I'm gonna butcher that. But That makes sense, because Andrade's injured, huh? Yeah, he is. Okay, okay, I'm kind of seeing. Okay, Claudio, all right, now. Damn, the Briscoes beat FTR. Double dog collar match, damn. I mean, I'm not upset by the Briscoes beating FTR, Because I know that that match went the fuck off. Because what they put on at Death Before Dishonor, damn. Referee stoppage? What the fuck did they do? They won by referee stoppage. What the fuck did they do to each other? What the fuck did everybody (laughs) do? Because even Wheeler Yuta and Daniel Garcia ended by referee stoppage. They must have killed each other. Damn, Dalton Castle and the boys lost. Sorry, I was reading and catching up on the results because also I read that um, they're doing the Honor Club subscription service and that's exactly what they needed, if not a weekly show for Ring of Honor, a platform to go back and watch old Ring of Honor. like I feel like that's exactly what they need. For shit to... Yes. wow well, I think the brownie hit. Because I am very incoherent right now. So, the brownie has definitely kicked in. For one. But... I think the match I really only cared to see... Was, or the matches I really only cared to see at Final Battle were the Briscoes and FTR, and also Samoa Joe and Juice Robinson. Which, I will definitely, definitely be watching the Briscoes and FTR. Because, why the fuck not? It needs to be done. need to complete the trilogy. So, two things that I forgot about Or, instead of forgot about, I should say, didn't consider, is Cody Rhodes also winning the Royal Rumble. So, if not The Rock or John Cena, because I personally believe that John Cena will be involved in the Royal Rumble in some way, and that The Rock will be involved in WrestleMania in some way. Along with John Cena, because again, WrestleMania is in Los Angeles, Hollywood. The two of them have to be involved, or it won't make sense. But if WrestleMania is a two night affair, doesn't mean we can't get Roman Reigns versus Cody Rhodes on one night, and Roman Reigns versus John Cena or The Rock, or both, on the other night. So. It don't time remain. It can be remained to tell. That didn't make any sense. Only time will tell. Only time will tell. Another thing that. Another thing that I forgot to talk about because I blocked it out as soon as I read it, but I was just reminded about it while being on Twitter. Um, Vince McMahon was planning to make a comeback to WWE. No. And that's all I have to say on that. But, um, Dynamite. Let's talk about Dynamite last week. I re- So, first of all, William Regal leaving AEW makes me very sad. But to see the position he's about to be in in WWE is kind of like... I feel like instead of Vince having William Regal as a vice president while Hunter is in charge of everything, I feel like that's probably... A smart-ass business decision. Because when William Regal was running NXT, or he was the general manager of NXT, absolutely, he was fucking killing it. So imagine what he would do as vice president. You know? Especially under Hunter, although I am mad at Hunter right now for- I'm mad at WWE for what the fuck they did to Mandy Rose, but I read a little bit more about it, but I'm still mad because doesn't matter how risqué the content was, it was the same shit that this company forced women to do in the 90s or else they would get fired. Now that they're willingly doing it, you want to fire her because she's making more than she is under her contract, and you can't profit off of it. And also, fuck whoever leaked her shit, because there's a reason you gotta pay for those OnlyFans and those OnlyFans types of sites, so that shit to not be leaked, like... Whoever the asshole is that ruined it for everybody, like, come on now. Fuck that. Because that's also, like... I don't know if it counts as revenge porn, but it's just... It's still a form of assault, because... You're leaking somebody's private videos. Not only is it assault, it's also illegal. Especially if you're paying to view that content, you're gonna take somebody else's work, put it out there for free, and nobody is profiting off of it. It's an invasion of privacy. It's assault. It's fucked up. So whoever the asshole is that leaked her shit, I hope you never have a good day ever rest of your life. He'll be hit by a car. Or a bus. Final Destination style. Um. But yeah. I hope. William Regal as Vice President. Makes even more improvements. Over a WWE. But it makes me sad. Because the Blackpool Combat Club. One of my favorite things from this year. And I. I'm excited to see, like, I'm sad because it's not going to hit the same without William Regal, it's not going to hit the same without William Regal leading the Blackpool Combat Club, but the fact that I didn't even question Triple H tweeting that compilation Of William Regal saying war games while he was under WWE contract. I didn't even question that shit. I was just like, the one thing we were robbed of that night was William Regal screaming war games. Not the fact that Triple H tweeted that while he was working for AEW. That's crazy. Wow. But also something I hope came of Final Battle was the end of the Jericho Appreciation Society versus the Blackpool Combat Club. Because if any stable has extended their welcome, in my opinion, it is the Jericho Appreciation Society. Because the Blackpool Combat Club at least had a little bit more going for them. They've got a lot more going for them now since Claudio and Wheeler are now holding their respective titles again. I hope that whatever happened at final battle screamed the end of the Jericho Appreciation Society. Also, something that I'm not thinking of is like, okay, I said earlier that everything was secured for AEW and Fresno. It's probably not gonna hit me that I'm actually going until I'm there Most likely, so I really have to keep in the back of my mind what the fuck they're going to (laughs) do leading up to that date, January 18th. That's fucking crazy. If you do run into me, don't be weird because I have no problem fighting men. Gave my dad a black eye once, so don't be weird if you run into me at any of the shows that I'm going to. Um, but I really hope that Final Battle meant the end of the Jericho Appreciation Society. And what I saw during Winter is Coming, Jericho lost. So I feel like a domino effect is probably about to happen. So, if Jericho starts to lose as the leader of the Jericho Appreciation Society after, after not only losing to Claudio, but Daniel Garcia losing to Wheeler. And did the Jericho... Hold on. Ring of Honor Final Battle. Because I saw that in a dark match... It was... I feel a sneeze coming on, actually. At some point, it will happen. Well, Angelo Parker and Matt Menard at least won their dark match. Or the pre-show match. But I feel like... Smells like the end for the Jericho Appreciation Society here soon. Seems like a domino effect is about to begin. If it hasn't already happened. But, if we can shift the focus from Blackpool Combat Club and Jericho Appreciation Society to Blackpool Combat Club and the House of Black, it's right there. It is right there. You just repackage the House of Black And you're not gonna put them up against the Blackpool Combat Club. Don't feed them to don't feed any bullshit tag team to the House of Black. Do you know what storylines what plot line do you know what we could get from the Blackpool Combat Club versus the House of Black? Do you not understand what could happen there? I want to see if the Elite and Death Triangle can get a best of seven, why can't the Blackpool Combat Club and House of Black get a best of seven? That's a best of seven I would actually sit through and enjoy, whether it's Death Triangle and House of Black or Blackpool Combat and House House of Black, anything but the Elite. And I know the Elite is in charge. I know The Elite are the is the reason AEW exists, but if you think owning a company gives you justification to act like a fucking child when it comes to serious business matters, that's all I have to say on that. I've said plenty about how I feel about The Elite. And I'm not saying it in defense of CM Punk, I'm saying it in the defense of, I can see a man-child, like, from a mile away. That's what that is. But yeah, no, I want House of Black versus the Blackpool Combat Club. Stop having the House of Black interrupt other tag teams and start them feuding with the Blackpool Combat Club. That's that on that. I also want to talk about, even though I know, knew Ricky Starks was not going to win the title or the Dynamite Diamond Ring, it was the fact that Ricky didn't even get a chance to breathe after he won before MJF's fucking music hit. And I hope this feud is not short-lived because when MJF did his thing on the mic and Ricky Starks dished it back times 10, I want to see more of that. Like, I don't give a fuck. That was, I need more of that. That was not enough for me. So, they have to continue this past winter is coming. I want to see a long-term program with Ricky and MJF. Like, that cannot be it. Like, that can't, that can't be it. There's got to be more between the two of them. I made a note that said if MJF retains after that promo battle that they had, that Tony Khan is immediately going back to being public enemy number one, I actually still retract that statement because not only is the beef ended because I'm just finally going to an AEW show and he's finally showing some respect to the West Coast, NorCal more specifically, it was smart- to not have Ricky win. And I understand why the choice was made to not have Ricky win. And it's as much as I want to see Ricky Starks hold a title again, I don't think he is the one to dethrone MJF. As much as I want it, I don't think he's going to be the one to dethrone MJF. This feud is entertaining as fuck, and a a title doesn't have to change hands for a feud to be entertaining as fuck. And that's how I feel about this, uh, this feud. I would like to see more promos back- I would love to see them go back and forth on the mic way more, cause that- I- I needed more than just what happened. Like, I need- I need Ricky Starks to go the fuck off on the rampage following Winter is Coming, because I I just want to hear them go, I just want to hear them go promo for promo, I don't care who, I don't care if MJF retains a second time, a third time, I just want to hear more, I just want to hear them go promo for promo, that's the best part about this feud because I'm not going to lie. If I was in MJF's position after what Ricky Starks said to him, I would have sat my ass down and shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. Cuz I am a firm believer that if you dish it out, you should be able to take it. Hands down. Like it's not fair that People get to be assholes, but no one's allowed to be an asshole back, you know? And I'm not saying MJF is an asshole, because you can never tell where the gimmick starts and stops with MJF. But that's just me talking about people in general, like... If you are an asshole and you're going about you're going about life being an asshole. You cannot be surprised when that shit is dished back to you or reflected back to you. Whether it's in gimmicks and shit such as MJF versus Ricky Starks or in real life. What you put out is what you get back. MJF has probably finally met his match in Ricky Starks. And he cannot be shocked about that, because he's been putting out that energy since day one. You cannot be surprised when you put out that energy and you finally meet your match. And that has nothing to do with wrestling. And I kind of just, like... Even if they were over-exaggerating for TV, I kind of was on Ricky's side more than MJF's side, because as an only child, I obviously grew up spoiled. And in my early to mid-twenties, I started growing out of that shit, because at some point, you gotta grow out of that shit. So, as a former spoiled kid who learned the importance of hard work, If I was Ricky Starks, I would've beat the fuck out of MJF. Because... I'm not gonna lie. I look back at myself when I was a spoiled little bratty bitch. I wanted to beat my own ass. And I get it. I absolutely get it. So... That's that on that. You also, like, something else... You also gotta be able to call yourself out and, like, not take yourself so serious. So that's why I don't really care. Like, if if you haven't been able to tell by now, I don't care about much. Because not only have I called myself out over my shit, there is nothing that anyone could say or do to me that is worse than... Than what I have said and done to myself in my 25 years of living. Like, if you think you're hurting my feelings, you should hear what goes on in my brain on a daily basis. There's a reason I'm on antidepressants, everybody. So, like, I I have very, very, very thick skin. And it's very scary. But, you know, there's a reason. You got You gotta stay strong. And speaking of thick skin, you really thought Darby Allin was gonna win that match against Samoa Joe? What the fuck? You really thought that was gonna happen. Comedy. Hilarious. It's just as funny as people who take themselves too seriously. Life is too short to take things way too seriously. On the surface, it may look like I take shit seriously just because I'm very serious about my responsibilities and handling my responsibilities. But at the end of the day, when if my responsibilities are handled and taken care of, I don't give a shit. My to-do list is completed and all of my work is done. I do not give a shit. But yeah. um, Samoa Joe versus any sort of high flyer. First of all, when they announced Samoa Joe versus Darby Allin, I automatically knew that man was not gonna win, Darby Allin was not gonna win because we've seen Samoa Joe in matches with people who are high flyers and that's not me trying to sound like Braun Strowman when it comes to these flippy floppers, but if we're being fucking realistic if you watch a Samoa Joe match when somebody tries to do some shit off the top rope, he just walks away Everything Darby Allen does involves jumping from the top rope. What the fuck did Samoa Joe do? He walked away. And I just also cannot take Darby Allen seriously because I don't know if anybody remembers, but he had a whole bitch fit about Cora Jade skating to the ring. Like he was like, he invented skateboarding or whatever, and I'm just, like... You have got to be kidding me. Like, you do not own the concept of skateboarding to the ring. Like, if Cora Jade wants to skateboard to the ring and use a skateboard in her gimmick, by all means, let her do it. Like... This is the shit that I was talking about in my TED talk, where, like, if- if as a man- because men are the main culprit of everything that I'm talking about, but I'm not saying that women are exempt from this either, because I, too, was a woman with a lot of internalized misogyny and did everything for the approval of a man, but then I grew up and realized not only do I have daddy issues, I also have mommy issues. That's something I have to address for myself as an adult. And I'm not going to sit up here and pretend like that shit doesn't exist because we all have parental issues. But this is the shit that I was talking about in my TED Talk where you cannot be nice to men. Like, because... Men are so threatened by the idea of a woman enjoying herself or being so confident in her body that they feel the need to humble her when it's none of your business, first of all. And it's an obvious sign that you need to work on your self-esteem. Because if you feel that you are so holier than thou that you you have to unjustifiably judge somebody or feel like a woman enjoying herself is a threat to your masculinity you're a bitch that's it that's all because it's it will never make sense to me how like when men do something it's completely okay but when women do something and actually enjoy it as much as a man, it's a problem. It makes men look like complete bitches. Like, it. it's some... Like, it blows my mind, because men think that they're tough or they're doing something by humbling women, but it just makes you... It makes you look like a bitch. Like, if I, as a woman, have more... If I, has, if I, I can't fucking talk, but if I, as a woman have more big dick energy than a man, it's not going to work. Like if I can walk all over you, it's not going to work. And I'm not saying I'm justifying abuse and being put in my place, but you cannot be afraid to tell a woman, No. And you can tell a woman no without degrading her or humbling her. You can be respectful. There's a way to do things without looking like a bitch. Long story short. But it's just, it will never make sense to me how... It's okay when a man does it, but when a woman does it, it's a fucking outrage. It's the end of the fucking world. Like, it's just... You cannot be that scared of women. It's comedy to me. How scared men are of women. It's just fucking hilarious, but it's also like... You being scared of women isn't gonna make women want you anymore. First of all, let's be fucking, be fucking for real. But, all I gotta say is, if you feel like a woman enjoying herself is a threat to your masculinity, you're a bitch. I also don't want to hear any more, sl- there will be, I don't want to hear any more slander regarding FTR. I haven't been listening to any FTR slander since that match with the Young Bucks. That's probably like the... There's only like two matches with the Young Bucks that I really fucking gave a shit about. It was their match with Joey Ryan and Candice LeRae, and then it was their match with the Young Bucks. Uh, Or no. The match with FTR on Rampage that one time. It was like sometime last year. The match that made me a fan of FTR. But, just as I won't accept any CM Punk slander or any slander for being a CM Punk fan, because I've been a CM Punk fan since he was walking out to This Fire Burns by Killswitch Switch Engage. So, any CM Punk slander, I don't hear it. I don't see it. Even though... The man behind CM Punk is... We gotta work on how he... You gotta work on how you handle things, buddy. But, um... I still don't want to hear any FTR slander because if you watch the match that I watched when... He fought, when they fought The Acclaimed, or even Final Battle. I didn't watch Final Battle, but I know for a fact that match absolutely went off against the Briscoes. Because if the one at Death Before Dishonor popped off, I know for a fact the one at Final Battle popped off. I'm trying to hold back a cough. Because it's not even bad congestion anymore, it's just, it burns. It's like the... The point where it's... Like, the congestion is clearing out, but it just burns and it's uncomfortable. Also, I really don't care to see a John Moxley versus Hangman page feud, if I'm being quite honest. I... definitely feel like we could've been better off with, like, Samoa Joe versus John Moxley. I would have rather, like, I know Samoa Joe was in a feud with Wardlow right now, but if we could at least get Samoa Joe versus John Moxley on, like, a fucking episode of Rampage or something, have it be the opening match of a Dynamite. Then like No, that's a beautiful idea. Cause Samoa Joe versus John Moxley in the place of John Moxley and Hangman would make the most sense because while Samoa Joe is a lone wolf, let me paint a picture for you. So let me paint a picture. Samoa Joe versus John Moxley. Let's say Mox wins because first of all, let's get some let's get Samoa Joe versus John Moxley in a submission match first of all. Let's have Moxley win or no? Have Samoa Joe win the first of the trilogy. Then, maybe, okay, no. Have Samoa Joe win the first of the trilogy, because this can only work as a trilogy of matches. Have Samoa Joe win the first of the trilogy. Then, when they have their eventual rematch, challenge for the TNT title. John Moxley takes the TNT title off of Samoa Joe. So the Blackpool Combat Club is strapped in gold. But when Samoa Joe does the aftermatch beatdown, because that's obviously coming, Wardlow can come to the rescue from Moxley. So we don't lose that Wardlow and Samoa Joe feud. Which, Wardlow aligning himself with the Blackpool Combat Club could set up some solid matches. But I don't know who Samoa Joe could align himself with to even out the score of the Blackpool Combat Club. So that's the only fork in the road. But Wardlow being or not not being, but having Blackpool Combat Club in his corner during this feud with Samoa Joe, that would be a power-fucking-move. And then, I absolutely can't wait to see fucking Jamie Hayter versus Ikaru Shida because we're we gonna forget that Jamie Hayter was legit A fucking beast in Japan? We're gonna block that from everybody's minds? Like, those two women are gonna tear the house down. Absolutely. I can't wait to see it. Yeah. So, I didn't watch Rampage yet, but... Expect a live tweet of Rampage and then um, those two matches on Impact that I plan to watch. So before I get into the WWE of it all, I want to take a minute to talk about Instant Noodles. This isn't sponsored, but I just um, wanted to talk about Instant Noodles for a second, because recently... Well, this part isn't recently, but one of my favorite YouTube channels is Good Mythical Morning. And I recently came across a video where they tried every instant noodle flavor, not every well, not every instant noodle flavor, they ranked like the eight most popular instant noodle flavors. And I like I more specifically like the gut check videos and like those ranking videos more than anything where they tried like every flavor of something because 9 times out of 10 whatever they rank number 1 happens to be my favorite and I can't say that that's 100% true but more specifically the two that come to mind are not only the instant noodle one but the Gatorade one And I trust their judgment. Those are like... If I had to trust anybody's judgment, because they've... They've got good taste. And also good recommendations. Because a lot of the stuff that they do the gut checks for, I have not tried. So not only am I right nine times out of ten, one time out of ten, It's a good recommendation. But I only bring up the instant noodle thing because... My favorite noodles in the world, I've fucking decided. The best fucking instant noodles are... The Shin. What brand is it? The Nongshim Shin... Noodle Ramyun. The spicy. I can eat that as much as I can eat the Jersey Mike's spicy Italian. or spi- Not the spicy Italian. The original Italian. God fucking damn it. That brownie it hit a while ago. But... The f- the fucking non shim non shim shin original spicy ramen. I bought the family pack recently and I'm just cause you know, there there's the classic cup noodles, there's the classic like top top ramen, the ni the Nissen. The Maruchan Cup Noodles is a close second. Um, I just want to say that if you eat any shrimp-flavored instant noodle, you're banned from all of my establishments. I don't care who you are. Shrimp flavor has got to be the bottom of the barrel of any instant noodle flavor. It's chicken... Or bust. I might give you a pass with beef, but it's either spicy noodles or chicken. That's it. That's it. That's all. Because growing up, that Maruchan cup noodles chicken, that was a staple in my house. If not, the Nissan Chicken Top top Ramen. Which, I didn't even know Creamy Chicken existed until Rhett and Link did the gut check on the uh, Instant Noodle thing. I have been on the hunt for Creamy Chicken. Because you cannot find it at Safeway. At least not at my Safeway. Um... But the Gatorade video, Lemon Lime, that is, ever since I have food poisoning, I have been paranoid about being dehydrated, so I've literally been stocking up on Lemon Lime Gatorade. Like, any chance I get, I am going to chug a Gatorade. Like, right now, for example. I've, I've been so paranoid about dehydration because I literally did not eat for three days when I had food poisoning. It was just Gatorade and water, and I dead ass, I was throwing water up. It was that bad, like- I was in- I don't even know if it was truly food poisoning, because to be fair, it was my first time having food poisoning, and- I didn't really necessarily know what to expect with food poisoning, but if there's anything I learned from the experience, make sure that you reheat your leftovers all the way. For one. Um, but yeah, no, it's not like I really knew what to expect with food poisoning, but when I tell you I was down bad and down for the count, I was in so much fucking pain. I couldn't I would drink water and I would throw it up like 5 minutes later. It was fucking terrible. Like what are the symptoms of food poisoning? I have like PTSD, so I haven't even like looked up the symptoms. Oh yeah, no. I know, I was down bad, because I had all of these symptoms. But, if anybody else who has food poisoning can attest to this, I feel like it makes the most sense, because I was vomiting a lot. And I'm so, I am I'm apologize if this is too much TMI, but I am not the person to... I'll give it to you straight, no chaser, I don't give a fuck. Maybe it was because I was throwing up a lot, but for those who can attest to having food poisoning, like, what, did, I just had, like, this tightness in my shoulder so bad that it, I felt like it couldn't relax. And I feel like it tensed up because of how frequently I was throwing up, but it was just, I, it was, it was a tension... That I had never experienced before and I didn't know if it was an extra symptom of food poisoning or if it was just me. But, I had the chills, I had the dehydration, I had the dizziness, I had the fatigue, I had the fever, I had the lightheadedness, I didn't eat for three days. What the fuck is malaise? I was, oh god, yeah, no, I was absolutely fucking sweating. Like, you don't know real pain until you have to drive while exhibiting symptoms of food poisoning. I, yeah, no, I was definitely... Dealing with some malaise. goddammit. it. But. You know. Driving while experiencing the symptoms of food poisoning. Because. I. I was at a friend's event. And then the symptoms hit. And. I had to leave early. And. I lived damn near an hour away from said friend, so that was not the most fun of a car ride. I'll tell you that because let me tell you how bad it was i was i had, I was so cold that I had to turn the heat all the way up, but if I turned the heat off because I was sweating too much, I would get cold. It was not, it was not fun. And then I had to pull over to throw up. I was just like, I couldn't even drink water. That's how bad it was. So, ever since then, I've been paranoid about dehydration. So, I've been throwing back Gatorades like it's fucking tequila. Because water... Water isn't giving me that extra umph, And... A lot of Gatorade probably is not that good. Because it has a lot of sodium. But, you know, the electrolytes. I'm there for the electrolytes. But, um, let's... Let's talk about WWE. Because not only am I going to talk Raw and SmackDown. I've got some early WrestleMania predictions if said predictions don't happen at Royal Rumble or Elimination Chamber, because I forget that those two happen before WrestleMania. More specifically, I forget that Elimination Chamber happens before WrestleMania. So, yeah. I enjoyed SmackDown more than I enjoyed Raw this week, but Raw was still very much entertaining. Because, realistically, right now, besides the Street Profits, and that's my personal opinion, it's not realistic, but besides the Street Profits, who can dethrone the Usos for the titles? Is there anyone that can you know, step up to the plate besides the Street Profits, because I'm still with my theory from last episode where the Street Profits should get in a program with the Usos for the titles, because if the New Day are in NXT right now, there's, nobody el- there's honestly nobody else but the Street Profits, in my humble opinion. And as much as I do love Kevin Owens, I don't think he has what it takes to dethrone Roman Reigns. I feel like, not only am I going to sound like everybody else when I say this, but Cody Rhodes might be the guy, no, Elijah Wood. Cody Rhodes might be the guy to kind of take at least one of the titles off of him, if not both. But I vote for Cody Rhodes to take one of the titles off because I really do hate the undisputed bullshit. Because... I get that you can tell a story without, like, having a title change hands or anything, but I feel as if something should be done... So, they're not beating a dead horse. Because, like, Roman Reigns has had his historic reign as universal or undisputed champion. My bad. And the Usos have beat the New Day for the record of the longest reigning tag team in WWE. Like, what else is left for the bloodline and i feel like if the story ex- if this storyline extends past wrestlemania eh that's going to suck but this is honest to god been one of my favorite stories since i started watching wwe again But I really do feel like before the bloodline thing gets played out, they should definitely work on taking the titles off of everybody. And that doesn't mean the bloodline has to break up as like a stable, but... It's more so I feel like everybody has done what they needed to do in their respective championship reigns. No pun intended. And I would not be shocked if one night it was Cody Rhodes versus Roman Reigns or and the other night was Kevin Owens versus Roman Reigns but If we're being realistic, again, considering that WrestleMania is in Hollywood, they're setting up John Cena versus Roman Reigns or The Rock versus Roman Reigns. But if we want matches that make sense, Kevin Owens versus Roman Reigns on one night. Cody Rhodes versus Roman Reigns on another night because if The Rock and John Cena are not involved in the Royal Rumble, Cody Rhodes is coming back and winning the whole damn thing, and that's kind of justifiable. I would not be upset if Cody Rhodes won the won the Royal Rumble because he's been out since hell in a cell since he fucked up his titty, so. He at least deserves something for being out for so long, so it wouldn't surprise me if he won the Royal Rumble. Like, if not Cody, Kevin Owens, or Karrion Cross. I don't think Karrion Cross is realistically going to win the Royal Rumble, but he's my if I were Triple H pick. that burp was actually so relieving towards my congestion. My ear does not burn as bad after that. So that was nice. Maybe it's a gas bubble but in in my neck. Who knows? Um I am definitely here for Becky and Bailey having a feud. And I just want to say while I'm on the topic of Becky and Bailey, RIP to the idea that once was the four horsewomen versus the four horsewomen. Because if you don't know, four horsewomen of NXT Becky, Sasha, Bailey, Charlotte. Damn, Charlotte's been out so long, I forgot about her. I don't see Charlotte winning the Women's Royal Rumble. I see her making a return, but not winning. Because. For against the Four Horsewomen thing. As much as I don't want Charlotte to win the Royal Rumble, I feel like she might, because that means they're setting up. They're setting up Charlotte to get her rematch at WrestleMania. Because, if we forget, Ronda beat Charlotte for the title so Charlotte could go get married. So they have unfinished business, which I feel like... Charlotte winning the Royal Rumble would definitely be them having unfinished business. Like, they're gonna settle shit at WrestleMania, which I don't want to happen. I would prefer... I would prefer Charlotte return prior to the Royal Rumble and handle her unfinished business with Ronda in a one-on-one match at the pay-per-view versus having Charlotte win the Royal Rumble as a whole. Because Rhea Ripley seems like the most realistic favorite to win the Royal Rumble. In my opinion, that could just be my, me standing on my own soapbox for for Rhea Ripley to win the Royal Rumble, but I don't care. Because based off what I've seen, if we've been watching the same Monday Night Raw the past few weeks, she's definitely a number one contender for a Royal Rumble winner. And I feel like a lot of surprise entrants this year this year, or this coming Royal Rumble, are going to be a lot of NXT people. I feel like it's going to be majority NXT people because I feel like bringing back alumni, alumni is played out at this point. So I'm kind of excited to see what Royal Rumble is going to look like under Triple H. But back to the Four Horsewomen. Four Horsewomen of NXT: Charlotte, Becky, Sasha, Bailey. Four Horsewomen of MMA: Shayna, Rhonda, Marina Shafir, and Jessamine Duke. We could have got a four-on-four match, but that was a potential four-on-four match, but nothing ever happened or nothing ever came of that, and I was like really disappointed because I wanted to see that. But um. I would love to see Becky and Bailey continue because that can be like Becky and Bailey could have like a background feud and just like handle their shit during the Royal Rumble match, but um, I like that Alexa won, the number one contender spot versus Bailey personally. Because that means Bailey can focus on Becky and they can build to their match at the Royal Rumble or just handle their shit in the Royal Rumble match. Because I feel like that's what it's leading to. And I definitely feel like I'm kind of putting this theory together as I'm saying it because it already makes sense to me in my head, but I feel like as much as I don't want to see Bianca lose the title, it makes the most sense for Alexa Bliss to align with Bray Wyatt when she wins the title. Because it's got to be, it's literally got to be on the same night. Like, okay. Ooh, ooh. I already like where my brain is going. I'm high, so my brain is already like 20 steps ahead and I'm catching up. I already like where my brain is going. So, Bray Wyatt, he's already got his shit with LA Knight, right? That's probably going to lead to a match at the Royal Rumble. And it's going to be revealed that Bray was Uncle Howdy the whole fucking time. And they're already teasing that Alexa is going to reunite with Bray. And as much as I say that a title doesn't need to change hands for a storyline to flourish, I feel like in this case, Alexa... Winning the title from Bianca. And then... Okay. Because you know how on this past Monday on Raw, Alexa and Bianca had their moment in the ring. And then the Bray Wyatt logo came on. And Alexa had Bianca and the sister Abigail. Like, Alexa can do the full switch... After her title match with Bianca. And they don't necessarily have to... Alexa doesn't necessarily have to win the title for this storyline to work, personally. But I feel like it would add an extra layer to Alexa and Bray finally aligning themselves if Alexa took the title off of Bianca. At least storytelling-wise, it would do something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I like the idea because if we get LA Knight and Bray Wyatt at Royal Rumble, Bray is going to win. Then we get Bianca versus Alexa at some point. And... I feel like having Alexa win the title would be the perfect segue into her just aligning with Bray. Now, if we're circling back to the tag title contendership, I forgot I wrote the note here that I love the idea of Johnny Gargano and Dexter Loomis as a tag team. And I put out an idea for a triple threat for the n- number one contendership for the tag titles should be Alpha Academy, Street Profits, Dexter Loomis, and Johnny Gargano. Because we heard last episode my theory about how Alpha Academy and Street Profits should build a feud to kind of elevate street profits to go after the usos but i actually want to see that triple threat i'm not really booking as much as they should hire me to be a booker because these are good matches but um Alpha Academy, Street Profits, and Dexter Loomis, Johnny Gargano for the number one contendership would fucking slap. Or it would go off, because nothing slaps but music. Either way, I would love to see that triple threat. Whether it's for the number one contendership or not, I would love to see that triple threat. I feel like Dexter Loomis and Johnny Gargano could be a strong tag team. For real. and then SmackDown I want to talk about the highlight of the night the elephant in the room the the part of SmackDown that brought me the most shock and terror and joy all of the emotions at once I'm kidding about the shock and terror um I want to talk about the elephant in the room Jason Jordan Man. It was so nice seeing him again. Because for those who don't know. He fucked up his neck. And I think he was forced to retire. Or something happened where he just can't wrestle anymore. And he was pretty much robbed of his career. So he's really been working behind the scenes. But um, still the the number one dad thing that was got, that it had to have been the, one of the most chaotic storylines ever in WWE and the callback the callback to it was fucking phenomenal immaculate and. I was one of the main ones pulling for a Karrion Cross Drew McIntyre feud and nothing really came of it. And I feel like we were robbed of that. Because it's not like I don't want to see Karrion Cross versus Ray Mysterio, but I feel like the feud would have been better storytelling with Drew than it does Ray. feel like we barely got anything. Wow, I literally had a note that said John Cena's entering the Royal Rumble changed my mind. Why else would he be on the last SmackDown of 2022? I feel like I don't have to elaborate further on that one. And then... For the WWE returns that I did... For the YouTube channel, I watched WWE's compilation of all of their returns this year. And Bray Wyatt was wearing the fucking Uncle Howdy mask when he returned. So, he's gotta be Uncle Howdy. He has to be Uncle Howdy. If it's not Bo Dallas, it's Bray. He was wearing the mask. Was that SummerSlam that he came back? I can't remember at this point. Wow, the brownie has definitely kicked in. And it helps that we're coming towards the end of the episode. Not yet, because I still got to go over my WrestleMania predictions and my matches of the week. But um, one last thing I did want to say about SmackDown is that you can tell that there's a huge difference in not only Michael Cole's commentary but everybody's commentary when Vince was in charge versus Triple H because Michael Cole has become so much more chaotic on commentary since Triple H has been in charge I don't remember I don't remember exactly what he said or if he said anything specific but it's just you can hear the difference in his voice He's having a lot more fun, and you can tell. But, um, some early WrestleMania predictions if they don't happen at Royal Rumble or Elimination Chamber. Because, I'm just gonna say off tops, if we aren't leading to either Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn or Sami realigning himself with Kevin and facing the Usos for the tag titles. Because, much like Roman can fight on both nights, the Usos can fight on both nights. So they can fight the Street Profits one night, and then fight Kevin and Sammy another night, if Kevin and Sammy don't end up fighting each other. But I feel like some seeds are being planted to close out this storyline. I feel like this all of this is going to end at WrestleMania. Cuz Royal Rumble is too soon to end it all. It's literally next month. And then Rhea Ripley versus whoever is Raw Women's Champion by WrestleMania because Shit can change between now and then. Because Rhea is winning the Women's Royal Rumble for sure. But then you have Elimination Chamber to worry about. And then titles can change hands on Raw at any given moment. Any given night. You never fucking know. I've already given my predictions on Roman Reigns, but I did have The Rock versus Roman or Drew McIntyre versus Roman. But I feel like Cody Rhodes, again, makes the most sense. If not The Rock. And, of course, John Cena is going to be involved in WrestleMania in some way if it's not fighting, if it's not having a match. He's definitely going to be involved in some way. Or... Ooh. So I had here the Brawling Brutes and the Usos. Because I feel like the Brawling Brutes might get their WrestleMania moment this year. And just thinking back to what I said about the Usos, like Kevin and Sammy, one night... And then... Damn, this edible is fucking dog walking my ass. Holy fuck. What the fuck did my aunt do? This edible is beating my fucking ass. But yeah, uh, Kevin and Sammy versus the Usos, or Street Profits versus the Usos. What if it's just the Fatal Four Way? Throw the Brawling Brutes in there, because I believe that the Brawling Brutes are going to get their WrestleMania moment in some way, shape, or form. And then last but not least, Gunther versus Braun Strowman, because I feel like they're saving that match for WrestleMania. And then another match that I feel like should be displayed on a WrestleMania stage Oscar versus EOSky. And then my matches of the week are all or got four match four matches of this week. Two from SmackDown, two from Dynamite. Rampage didn't do much for me this Well, I didn't watch Rampage. No, Raw. That's what I'm talking about. I didn't watch Rampage, but Raw was kind of lackluster for me this week. So from SmackDown, The Usos versus Sheamus and Butch. And Rick Shay and The New Day versus all of Imperium, Gunther included. Both bangers. And then from Dynamite, Samoa Joe versus Darby Allin, because I love seeing Darby Allin just get decimated by Samoa Joe. And then The Acclaimed versus FTR. Because what the fuck? Anyways, this edible is dog-walking me, so I'm gonna go to sleep, but... Since this is the last episode of 2022, I just want to say thank you to everybody for the support, because... In all honesty, I did not expect to get this far with the podcast because I'm the type of person where I will start something and then give up on it because I got bored. But the fact that I made it this far and for the podcast to be what it is, like, a year in, is still mind-blowing. And every milestone is still gonna confuse me because... Again, I didn't expect to get this far with the podcast. Like, the fact that I have a merch store is crazy. The fact that I own my own merch is fucking crazy. The fact that people have bought merch is crazy. And I don't have a large following, but the fact that I have a following of over 100, and, like, maybe over 300 if we combine the YouTube and Instagram followers plus the people who listen a good amount a good following it's fucking crazy it blows my mind and I'm grateful for the support because again I didn't expect to get this far and I said it I've said it many times I literally started this podcast because I had nobody to talk about AEW with let alone my experience of seeing All out in theaters, because the one person, my best friend Gabby, that knows wrestling, was not watching AEW at the time. So, even though I shared my experience with her, she was clueless. But, I got her onto AEW, and we're both going to AEW shows in our respective cities, or surrounding cities, and it's going to be fucking awesome. So podcast is changing lives low-key but um either way yeah no thank you guys for the support and getting me this far and it's i hope i continue to grow with this podcast don't have a lot of expectations keep your expectations low but i'm excited to see where the podcast goes but either way hope everybody has a Happy holiday, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year's, Happy Kwanzaa, Happy Hanukkah, all of the holidays, and try not to get sick, and try also try not to get food poisoning, either, Um, from experience. Thank you, and good night.